Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. You might wonder how school kids in a time of online class and virtual schooling can excel and demonstrate their abilities. Wonder no more, now that we have the example of a student in the classroom of a Mrs. Arnold in a school in England. Her husband posted online an anonymous example of what's probably the most ingenious thing an elementary school kid has ever done, at least since the start of the pandemic. He apparently spent weeks avoid getting called on during the Zoom lecture at home. Because what's more stress-inducing than getting called on the spot to answer a question to prove you've been paying attention? And he did so merely by changing his name in the Zoom meeting to... Reconnecting. The teacher on her display thought he was having internet troubles and just asked someone else. (laughs) There was only a way you could do that at work, Cliff. You're totally right. So I never have to do anything. I'm reconnecting. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I I can do that. I know you can, yes. I hope it doesn't come to that, though, Glenn, please. <laughs> reconnecting. Yes. Just call me Reconnecting Reconnecting, <laughs> reconnecting in Ingram, our news director. Yeah. <laughs> well, here it is, the beginning of a brand new week. And, well, this yep. could be the start of something average, very average around here on this program. <laughs> in the world of radio, yeah. dead air could be compared to what? Getting your hand <laughs> caught in the cookie jar? Opening up a porta potty and somebody's already in there. What would you say? (laughs) It's embarrassing. Yes. (laughs) It's embarrassing. Very. And that's exactly what happened right before six o'clock this morning. If you weren't listening. If you were listening, you couldn't tell you were listening because there was nothing happening. There was nothing happening. And we got a text message of all (laughs) days that says good morning. The first morning I've made sure to be listening to this program in forever from the very beginning. And what happens? Lo and behold, dead air. You guys were talking about being average. Thank you. <laughs> well, in our, in our defense, our program officially doesn't start until 6 a.m. Prior to 6 a.m., up to 5.59 a.m. and 59 seconds, it's someone else's program. And all of that dead air happened on someone else's program. And that's exactly what I texted back. And their answer was, deny, deny, deny. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's just average. So. It's, but it's not our fault. I understand, Cliff. We, this story is akin to one of those take-it-to-the-bank segments we're subjected to on a daily basis, except this one is actually entertaining. And it's about an argument more than 100 years in the making between two groups of people you won't expect over an object you have no idea exists. At the close of the Spanish-American War in 1899, several cannons captured by the victors, that would be us, were melted down and turned into various objects that adorned our fleet of ships into the start of the 20th century, including the one in question that sat aboard the first USS Wisconsin until it was decommissioned in 1920, after World War I. The statue then spent six decades sitting in a garden at the Naval Academy until the second battleship, Wisconsin, was recommissioned. You might remember the Wisconsin played a pivotal role in World War II and also in the Gulf War in 1988. In 1988, it was loaned to the state of Wisconsin for a temporary historical society exhibition. And now we get to the argument portion of the program. 
After the exhibition ended, the state of Wisconsin just moved the statue to the Capitol building, where it has sat since 1989. The statue, by the way, is a buck-tooth badger named Bucky and has long been a good luck charm in the state capitol with his nose rubbed shiny and smooth from being touched by thousands and thousands of passers-by for more than 40 years. But now, the U.S. Navy says, We want our badger back. Naval officials say no loan is permanent in the museum world and it's time for the badger to go to another museum where other folks can see him, namely the one in Norfolk, Virginia, where that second battleship Wisconsin, made famous in the Gulf War, is now on exhibit. And who's going to win? <laughs> the one with the biggest guns. <laughs> <laughs> Always. That would be the U.S. Navy. Always, yes. <laughs> Today mm-hmm. is National G.I. Joe Day. Oh, and, it is, huh? And it made me a little bit sad, to be honest with you. I, <laughs> Why is that? Well, I had many, many fun hours as a kid playing with all kinds of the G.I. Joe Army men. Okay. Because, you know, they were fun. And G.I. Oh, yeah. Joe, to me, has always been a manly kind of guy. I mean, he's a <laughs> kind of a bad dude and tough. I know yeah. that for a fact that he's tough because yeah. I spent many an hour as a kid trying to blow up different G.I. Joe men with firecrackers, <laughs> and I've never destroyed one ever. You ever do that, Cliff? <laughs> no, I I never tried to blow up G.I. Joe. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. Oh, yeah. Me and Tim would have wars with it. We'd throw firecrackers toward each other, which wasn't the smartest, but that's what we did. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the first incident you've described on this program of trying to injure yourself as a child with fireworks. No. Me me and Tim did a lot of injury to ourselves, (laughs) yes. And the reason I feel so sorry for G.I. Joe, with all of this yeah. stuff we've described of him, Cliff, yeah. Barbie still prefers Ken over him. Why would you pick Ken over G.I. Joe? You would think she would have a thing for him, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, it. <laughs> he's tough. <laughs> maybe, maybe Barbie wants a man who's sensitive. Well, okay then, take Ken. <laughs> Maybe maybe your view on what a woman sees attractive in a man all these years has been wrong. I think it's his green color is throwing it off. <laughs> Here's another reason not to bother dieting. Just embrace, <laughs> okay. just embrace your chubbiness with all of its spectacular <laughs> glory that it comes with. Yeah. The yeah. new study's out, Cliff, uh-huh. and it's out of the medical college out of Wisconsin. Losing weight can make you look much older than what you are. And I say, say that's true. People really? that lose fat in their face, it draws their cheeks in, makes their eyes look kind of hollow and sunken, well, and it makes them look a little bit you know, older than they are. Um, the one person who comes to mind uh, when, you, when you said that is uh, John Goodman, the actor. Exactly. Who, who has lost um, a lot of weight. Oh gosh, and and now that he, I mean, congratulations on losing the weight, but he, but in his face, he looks a lot older. So, I, uh, you know, I, I would agree with that. Well, doctors are saying if you feel the need to slim down, yeah. do it very gradually. Okay. To give your face a chance to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because because it's it, it's like he he weighed four hundred pounds. Oh yeah. And and he's lost a lot. I mean, he looks totally different. But, you know, he he looked older for a long time. <laughs> so basically, Cliff, yeah. if you want people to say, gee, 
you haven't aged a bit. Yeah. Enjoy a platter of cheeseburgers today. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Cliff, before we do the news update, I've got something to say to one of our texting friends. <laughs> okay. You know, we were talking about G.I. Joe Day, and today's the yeah. day, and the little yep. green army man we all had as kids. Yeah. At least a bunch of us did. And our friend with texting in was talking about the things that he used to do with his army men and <laughs> piling them all on top of a firecracker and setting off the fuse. We've all done that. And then no, we I, haven't. Yes, we have. And then no, we I said, you know, if you threw a cherry bomb at him, that was the nuclear blast coming in. And then okay. he upped that with, did you ever torture one by taking a magnifying glass and melting <laughs> off an arm or a leg? No, because like I'm normal. Ray. I'm normal. That's why I didn't do that. Wow. So you 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 blew up your army men with firecrackers and cherry bombs. Yes. And that was normal. Well, it's better than using a magnifying glass and watching the magnifying them. death ray from the sun. Yes. You didn't do because that would have been weird. That's weird. You just didn't know how to do that. Correct. Now, as I thought about it, I was like, dang, I missed out on one there. Cliff, we don't have time to go into it, but I will have to admit this. Yeah. Tim and myself, yeah. as kids, mm -hmm. we did some really weird stuff with ants. That's all I'm going to say. We just did some weird <laughs> stuff with ants. Would, would you care to describe this weird stuff? No, we don't have time right now. Thomas Fred's getting ready to sing. Read this story that once again shows people will steal anything, anytime and anywhere. It takes us to the city of Detroit, long thought to be a city in decay. But what after what happened to a woman named India Gardner? Well, there might be more decay than we previously knew. The slang term, of course, for someone who trespasses on your property to steal a package that's been delivered and left by the door, as most know, is a porch pirate. The porch pirates that hit Gardner's home last week, though, didn't steal a package. They basically took... Her entire front porch. As the woman told police, she came home from work to find a set of carpet-covered steps that led to her front door completely gone, leaving her with no way to get in except to get a ladder. <laughs> Who knew that someone would stoop so low? <laughs> I've never seen a porch cliff I ever thought I'd want to steal. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of porches in my lifetime, but I've never drove yeah. by a house and went, you know what, that would look a lot better on my place than it does here. <laughs> Although my neighbor Ken's got a nice-looking porch I wouldn't mind having, I'll be honest with you. Well, you should just head up there and steal it. If I knew how. Cliff, I've got a little um, situation brewing here at Country 98.1. I could use your There's advice. Situation brewing. I'd say yes. And you need my advice. I need a little bit of advice from you. Okay. And it's because of a text message that came in. A text uh, message? Let me tell you what's going on here. Okay. The... Great thing, I think, about temptation, yeah. and that's what's going on on texting. Temptation. The great thing about temptation to me is the battle that ensues between, you know, the angel on the one shoulder going, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. And yep. then that fun little guy on the other shoulder that's, you know, drinking bourbon and smoking a cigar going, <laughs> what could it hurt? Just do it. What could Just it hurt? It. You know you want to. Just go ahead. That's right. That's what he's yep. saying. And he's like mm -hmm. kicking me while he's sitting there on my shoulder, <laughs> puffing on that cigar. And I'm wondering, Cliff, maybe yeah. you could be the man of reason here. because I've been, our, I've been known to be a man of reason, so go ahead. I'll well, give it a shot. Well, our guy here that was talking about the Army man earlier and 
yeah. using a magnifying glass to burn the arms and legs off of the off, army men. Off of their G.I. Joe. <laughs> yes. He's come back with, Yeah. do you want to hear the story about the neighbor's cat? Now, a part of me says, I probably don't want to know that. But the yeah. fun guy on the shoulder drinking bourbon and smoking a cigar is like, oh, you got to know this oh, yeah. story. What so you- it's a story about a neighbor's cat. Yes. <laughs> well, I will say there is that statement that says curiosity killed the cat. So how big is your level of curiosity? Oh, I don't know, Cliff. <laughs> on the other hand... It's stuff that's in the past, so what could it hurt to know it, you know? That's what the guy on my shoulder is saying. <laughs> I'm going to write back, Cliff, let's hear your cat story. Is that okay with you? You I think, think I did the right choice? Yeah, I mean, at, at, at the best, it doesn't make it on the air, and the only person that it haunts is you. <laughs> at worst, you choose to repeat it. That little guy comes out on your shoulder again and goes, just go ahead, tell it on the air, tell it on the air. And then we all have to live that. And you know, <laughs> what could it hurt? That's what he That's keeps exactly telling everybody. Right. What could it hurt? It, uh, everybody to know. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reply back. I want to hear right. about your cat. Okay. Never thought I'd say that in my life. With your help, Cliff, yeah. I asked about the cat story to our texting friend this morning. Okay. And anxiously waited for the reply of what the story would be yeah and the response was not ideal it was not no <laughs> i mean did they tell you what happened the only thing they said was let's just say a cat's tail is very sensitive <laughs> and if that cat story bothered you so much you had to ask cliff yeah. i will just leave it at that now oh, it's perplexing boy. It was almost like, you can't handle the truth. I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> now, Cliff, yeah, I want to know that story more than ever. Exactly. You need to know exactly what happened. I need word for word, but I don't think I'm going to get the story now, Cliff. Because you don't think he's even going to bother to give it to you now? I, I think he believes just what you said earlier. You can't handle the truth. I can't handle the cat. <laughs> well, Cliff, are you uh, excited about the Super Bowl, or is it just another day in the life yeah, of I Cliff mean, Ingram? I'm... I, I, I'm I'm certain I will watch the Super Bowl. I won't watch the hours and hours and hours of pregame leading up to the Super Bowl, but I will watch the Super Bowl. I'm just generally not all that, you know. It'll be fun to watch the spectacle and whatnot, but usually the actual sporting contest, the part that I find interesting on a Super Bowl is wah, wah, wah. <laughs> leading up, you know, I mean, all the hype, and then the game is like, I don't know, something is like, well, that wasn't very exciting at all. <laughs> well, I know Tony Romo says, yeah, and you know he kind of knows his stuff. At least I think he does. He's he's a far better analyst than he actually was a football player. I think that's right. <laughs> and he said that the uh, Patrick Mahomes, if he wins, yeah. this yeah. could set him on the tra- trajectory of being the greatest quarterback ever if he continues like he's been doing now. That's a long way out there. I mean, yeah, I mean he's 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 clearly got years and you know decades to go but it would be nice to see him run onto the field and i don't know whack tom brady in the back of the head well i'm going to be watching it this year i won't be watching it with a buddy of mine who always you know brags about his nfl chili that he makes for each and every (laughs) super bowl his own version of chili oh yeah it's the nfl special yes 
Okay. What's in the NFL chili? I special? have no idea, but he yeah. calls it that. I know why he does that. About an hour that? after you eat the stuff, it yeah. comes back for an instant replay that you really don't want. So that's it's. <laughs> ugh, ugh. And this song here is a lie about the chili. It don't hurt like it used to. It always hurts. <laughs> it always hurts. It's really not my fault, because well, Cliff, <laughs> if you send in a text message, yeah, that has the question did you miss me yeah and i ask who is this don't be offended <laughs> we probably have cliff on our texting service what five six people that text in it's hard to remember all of those names no, no it's it's way in fact it's, seven it's way more than five or six maybe seven tops no no there's probably like i don't know 50 or 100 you think there's that many i mean some people text more than others matt hawking but <laughs> truck driver Ralph, some people text more than others, Ron Johnson, <clears throat> but there's probably all, well over a hundred who text, um, at some point. So, I mean, it, unless they tell us what their name is and you can assign that, you know, it's just a number. So, Oh, did you yeah. can assign names on this? You didn't know that. I don't have to remember all these numbers. No, you can add those person, those people as a contact. If you get their name, that way, you know who it is. Well, I'll be dang. Then when they said, did you miss me? I'd know who it was, wouldn't I? Exactly. And they wouldn't feel offended. <laughs> it's time now for Take It to the Bank. Sesame Street was such a, has been such an institution for so long that we all kind of forget it was pretty yeah. revolutionary whenever it started in 1969. Yes. And what you probably didn't know, it was all inspired by beer commercials. <laughs> really? <laughs> Beer commercials is the reason there is a Sesame Street, because a producer yeah. on that program, Joan Cooney, says that every kid they noticed in America was singing beer commercial songs. And <laughs> where did they learn the songs from? Television. TV commercials, yeah. That's right. So they decided, well, maybe we could find out what they actually want to watch the kids and then, you know, give them something that's good to watch. Yeah. We'll put those two things together and have a hit. And that's what they did. Who would have thought cliff that beer commercials would have inspired Sesame street? Well, certainly not me. I didn't think so either. <laughs> oh, what a text. What's that? What, what, which one? Uh, let's let Jamie Johnson sing a oh, little oh, here. Okay. And, mm, mercy. Uh, we have to ponder this a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, Cliff, now that you have finally told me that we can add names to these text messages that we get from our wonderful <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who? I didn't know. <laughs> I've been trying to memorize the phone numbers. But anyway, listeners now, oh occasionally, since you mentioned that, have been putting yep. their names in and saying, add me and my name to your list. <laughs> That's cool. And it is cool, and I love that, yeah. because now we know who we're talking about. That's kind of the whole goal of doing this, was Yeah, I was, but I didn't know. I didn't know. But then yeah. we got a reply from one of our friends, and I can't even mention their first name, because it's yeah. such a different first name that if you know who the person is, I mean, it blows the whole thing. But okay. safe to say, he says, yeah. here's my name, here's my last name, don't ever use my last name on the radio. And I replied back, cops looking for you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Seems like a logical question. Yes. Yeah. And he says, no, 
too many weirdos listen to you guys. So. <laughs> there are too many weirdos listening to this program. That's kind of sad, isn't it, Cliff? Yeah. And who knew one would get that opinion? And the guy with the cat story? Yeah. Replies in, didn't Sesame Street have cats? No, we're not going down that story. We're not really? doing the cat story, Cliff. Oh Cliff, was there anything said today? Uh, as a matter of fact, there was. Morning Roadshow Phrases of a Day starts with number three. Uttered just moments ago, we have too many weirdos listening to this program. <laughs> That's not true, though. <laughs> well, wait till you hear Morning Roadshow Phrase of the Day number two. We did some really weird stuff with ants. Okay, yeah, we did. <laughs> Let's reference number three about the weirdos again. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. Got a good point. And the number one Morning Roadshow Phrase for today. The start of something average. You know, referring back to two, Cliff. Yeah. Uh, my friend Tim. Yeah. Doesn't like me talking about him on the air. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, he's he's a fairly prominent member of South Gibson's community now, isn't he? Uh, yes, he is. It, yeah. In the school corporation, is he not? Shh. He doesn't want Responsible for the well-being and safety of a lot of young children now, isn't he? Yeah, okay, all right. Let's, let's just go on to tomorrow. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Cliff. <laughs> If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.